Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The Jewish people, they praise and worship the Lord Jesus. And that will be the time when part two for the Lord Jesus, and when that happens, what's talked about when that happens is Psalm 110, Psalm 110, verse 3, Psalm 110 starts off, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Talks about this part two, but then it goes on in verse 3 of Psalm 110, verse 3, to first T, verse, anyway, 3, <laughs> Psalm 110, verse 3, where it speaks about the Jewish people. And they're called thy people. And it says, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. That's part two, in the day of thy power. So that's what we're, this is what, this is the tie. This is how the, these three prophecies relate to each other in verse eight. So this is a direct application, verse eight. It's about the Jewish people. But there's an indirect application of verse eight to us as believers, we had, you know, worse than all the enemies, worse than all the nations coming against us, we had an enemy that we could not conquer. Our enemy was, was the devil, was hell and death, hell and death. And it was, and hell and death was calling out to us, and, 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 it, and it was calling out to us, it was like calling our name, and we would have said, Look, you've, you've called so many people hell and death. Aren't you satisfied? Can you just, you know, what do you need me for? But, but it says in Proverbs 27.20, Proverbs 27.20, hell and death, uh, hell and destruction, hell and destruction are never full, are never full. So no matter how many people are in hell, hell is always saying, there's room for one more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's room for one more. We'll just, we'll just you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it bigger here. That's what Habakkuk 2.5 says. Habakkuk 2.5 says, Enlargeth his desire as hell, and is as death, and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all nations, and heapeth unto him all people. So hell and death were our enemies. They were never satisfied. They were enlarging ourselves. They were always calling out for us, and we couldn't conquer hell and death. But the Lord Jesus comes. He, does, he conquers them, and in Revelation 1 18, Revelation 1.18, he identifies himself, the Lord Jesus. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of hell and death. He's got the keys of hell and death. Why has he got the keys? Because he's conquered them. He's conquered hell and death, so he's got the keys. And, and, and we're told what happened when this great battle occurred before the battle, you know, when the two opponents, the Lord Jesus on one side, and, 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 and hell and death and grave 
or on the other side, and they square off. They square off before the fight. In Hosea 13, 14 is the word that was the Lord Jesus said when they squared off. The Lord Jesus says in Hosea 13, 14, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Okay, so do you see that picture? You know, he, he says, he, you know, he, maybe he turns and he says, I'm going to ransom them from the power of the grave. I'm going to redeem them from death. Okay, then he faces the enemy. He says, oh, death, I will be thy plagues. Oh, grave, I will be thy destruction. That's what he did. He looked death and, and hell right in the eye and said, you know, he said he's going to destroy. It reminds us of, of, of when Goliath was killed. And, and Goliath, by, Goliath, by the way, had killed many. He killed many. And then the final fight came when Goliath and, and David square off. And, and David says, um, he, he, he talks right to Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 46. 1 Samuel 17, 46. And, and he says, to, he stand, squares off there, David, and he says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I'll give the, car- give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And David did that. And David did that. He cut the head of Goliath off. And when he cut the head off, he didn't go, ew, you know. He carried it around. He, he could, like, couldn't get it out of his hand. He carried it around all day, you know. <laughs> anyway, now, <clears throat> this is the way that, that the Lord Jesus conquered hell and death. This is the way. And, 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 he, and he, he was so aggressive in the fight that, 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 he, that he, before again, he spoke in, in Isaiah 25, 8, Isaiah 25, 8, when he said, when it says about him, he will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God shall wipe away tears from off all faces. Rebuke of his people shall he take away from the earth. The Lord has spoken it. So he fought for us, and then, and then he fought so aggressively that it says he swallowed up the, the enemy. That's, that's the hell and death, the grave. It's like Satan, Satan. And we were no match for a Satan. But it says in Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Okay, <clears throat> now, verse 9. Judah now, uh, 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 Judah now is called by Jacob a lion. Actually, in this verse, you, you can't see it, but it's there, trust me, that Judah actually uses three words that are all the same to describe the lion, three different lions. So in Genesis 49, 9, it says, Judah is a lion's whelp. Okay, that, that's a cub. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion. This is the second word, lion. And as an old lion, <clears throat> who shall rouse him up? Now, he's using three different words here for, for lions. First, he calls a he calls, he calls um, Judah a, a, a gur. A gur in Hebrew is a, is a, is a cub, a, a little lion cub, a whelp, says he. <laughs> then he calls Judah Ari. That's a common word for lion. Ari. It's a male lion. 
Arif. And then, the last, this says an old line, it calls him a, a labi. Labi. A labi is a lioness. It's a lioness. Now, this is the first time in Scripture that the Lord Jesus is referred to as a lion from the tribe of Judah. And his prophecy here is the reason why the Lord Jesus called the lion of the tribe of Judah, which he's called in Revelation 5.5. Revelation 5.5, where it says, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. So the first picture that Jacob uses here to describe the Lord Jesus is just a little cub, just a little lion cub. Now, you know, a little lion cub, you know, you you can buy them down in Mexico, but I suggest you don't. But... um, But anyway, they're cute. They're like big kittens, you know, or cat, like a cat, you know. And people cuddle them. And you're like, that's nice. He's just a little, little harmless cub. That's the way the Lord Jesus was seen in part one. Part one when he was on earth. You know, Hebrews 7.26, 7.26, Hebrews. Such an high priest became us who was holy, harmless. Just a harmless, a little, little lion cub. That's cute. Harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. So in the gospel, that's how we see the Lord Jesus. He's harmless. You know, he's saying, I didn't come to judge sinners, and, but I came to save sinners. Little children, you know, climb up on him. He's harmless. He's a little, little, little lion's cub in verse 9. He's a lion's whelp. Lion's whelp. But the little cub doesn't stay a little cub. He grows to become a lion. He grows to become a ferocious lion. And that's how the world is next going to see the Lord. Like I mentioned, uh, they're next going to see him in the Second Thessalonians 7, 1-7. Second Thessalonians 1-7. You know, they're next going to see him of coming with, with uh, inflaming fire, taking vengeance uh, uh, on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. So the first picture, part one, is just a little lion cub. And, and he's harmless, he's, but, but he's growing. And, and, and Jacob sees this. And then Jacob gives the second picture of a grown lion who stoops down and couches in the grass. He's waiting for his prey. Uh, the lions are, are, are unique because of all the other animals. They, 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 they're not vulnerable when they stoop down. But all the other animals are vulnerable when they stoop down. You know, when they stoop down to get a drink, you know, wherever the animal is. That's when they're most vulnerable or eat. And, and that's when the animals are most on their alert. You know, like, like, like the finch, finches that I watch there, and they, they eat, and they eat at the bird feeder. And they're just on such high alert for the red tailed hawk who occasionally comes down, swoops down, and grabs one. You know, and, and, I, and, and that's not true of the lion. The lion stoops down, he has no fear of anything that, 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 that might seem as vulnerable. And as a matter of fact, I think the lion is the only animal that, that really enjoys his meals. You know, he enjoys his food. He doesn't have indigestion because he has no competitor to worry about. Now, that's a picture of the Lord Jesus. He has no competitor. There's no foe that it can overthrow him. You know, although the kings of the earth, they tried to. And that just became a laughing matter in Psalm 2. Psalm 2 says, why do the heathen rage? Psalm 2, verse 2. It's the verse 1. Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed. 
saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord will have them in derision. Why? No one can overthrow the Lord Jesus Christ. He's like the lion. He's the king of the beasts. And, and, and Jacob calls the Lord Jesus the lion. Then he calls him, the third case, the lioness. The lioness. Now, I know in the, 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 the old King James, the, the, the King James translators, they put in the word old, old lion. Old is not present in Hebrew. It's not present in the Hebrew. And, 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 and so it doesn't mean, you know, an old decrepit lion. You know, <laughs> it means a lioness, a lioness. I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, it's like an old lady. No, it's not. It's just a lioness, that's all. And a lioness, actually, when you think about a lioness, she's actually more fierce than the male lion, the male lion. I mean, she's the one who goes out and does the kill. She, 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 she's, she gets more exercise than he does. <laughs> he sits around and has heart disease. <laughs> but, but she's like a 24-hour fitness all the time. She's, and so she, it's very typical that the lioness is stronger than the lion. Not that any women are stronger than men, but anyway, that's the way it is. But, and there's one threat for the lioness that stirs her up and the fierceness is seen, and, and she'll die. And that's when her cubs are in any way threatened, when her cubs are threatened. That's when the lioness will, what kicks into full gear when she's protecting her, her cubs. And, and we see this about the Lord Jesus, how he protects his children like a lioness in, in, in John 10, 28. In John 10, 28, when he says, neither any man shall pluck them out of my hand you know, the, 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 his believers. And in John 17, 12, when he is reporting to the Father about his believers, he says, I have kept them, and none of them is lost. See, those are statements of a lioness who's fiercely guarding her cubs. And then it says, who's going to rouse them up? Now, Jacob sees an aspect of the lion of the Jehovah Jesus, and he asks the question in this last, this last part here in 499 Genesis, who shall rouse him up? Now, he asks this question because he's seeing the power, he's seeing the fierceness of the lion, he's lying down and resting, and he's seeing how suicidal it would be for anybody to go and try to confront the lion when he's lying down. Because in an instant, the lion will spring up to his feet, and, 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 you know. So who would be so foolish as to even think of approaching the, the lion when he's lying down? So Jacob asks this first question in the Bible. This is the first time this question is asked. It focuses on the power of the lion, which was, you know, who would even dare to try to, 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 to confront the lion, Jehovah Jesus? And the question of, 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 of who, who is not, who, who's not going to fear the lion of Jehovah Jesus, rouse him up, you know, who, who, who's going to be so foolish as to go to the lion and say, all right, get up and fight, you know? It, this question is asked throughout the Bible. Now, Jacob has asked this question in Genesis, which is the Torah, which is the law, then the question is asked in the Psalms, in the writings portion of the Bible, Psalm, Psalm 90, verse 11, Psalm 90, verse 11, who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Psalm 76, 7, Psalm 76, 7, thou even thou art to be feared, and who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? And then it goes on in the major prophets, the question is asked by Jeremiah, 
Jeremiah 10, 7, Jeremiah 10, 7, who would not fear thee, O king of nations? There's none like unto thee. And then the question is asked in the minor prophets, the minor prophets, Nahum, Nahum 1, 6, Nahum 1, 6, who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire. Rocks are thrown down by him. And then the, the, the question is asked in the last book of the Bible, in, in Revelation. Revelation, when it, when it speaks about the wrath of the Lamb in, in Revelation 6, 15, Revelation 6, 16, 6, 16, the wrath of the Lamb for who? For, for the great day of his wrath is coming. Who shall be able to stand? Who? So here's the question asked over and over again. Who dares to confront this lion at rest? You know, it reminds me of the time when a group of us were at, were at our, our, our place in Ethiopia, and, and we decided to, well, why don't we just go down, and Serengeti's not so far, so we'll go down to Serengeti and we'll see these animals. We went down there, and we got up one morning, very early in the morning, and, and we were driving on this road at 3.30 a.m. We're driving very, very slowly, when all of a sudden a colleague, you know, kind of says, lions, lions, lions. You know, right next to our land cruiser was this pride of lions, it, with the male and two females and the cubs, and we all just froze in place. And Bashiri, the driver, he slowly reaches over and rolls the window up. <laughs> and we were like paralyzed. We just watched them for about 30 minutes. From, this, from the safety, we hoped it was the safety of our land cruiser. And, and, and one of the, the females got up, and that was so dramatic I mean, they don't look like the ones that are in the zoo. <laughs> she got up, and as she walked, it was just like waves, ripples of power on her muscle as she just walked, you know. And, 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 and if, if, if she was lying down, anybody go and confront her, that would be instant death. So when Jacob asked this question in verse 9, who shall rouse him up? He's really seeing the kingly power of the Lord Jesus, of Jehovah Jesus, same power that the Lord spoke about in Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18, when he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Isaiah saw that kingly power of the Lord Jesus when, when he was talking about when he was born. And he, in Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 9, 6, he says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and, and his name's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there's no end. And on the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment. And it's interesting. It's, then it goes on in verse 8, Isaiah 9, 8. Isaiah 9, 8. The, the Lord sent a word to Jacob, and it hath lighted upon Israel. What's that word? What were this, the whole thing about the, 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 the child that was born, the son that was given? The Lord sent that word. It's that word of power. That's the verses we're studying here in verses 9 through 12 about Judah. That's the word that the Lord sent it to Jacob about the kingly power of the Lord Jesus. So Isaiah saw it. Daniel saw it. Daniel saw the kingly power of the Lord Jesus in Daniel 7.13. Daniel 7.13, he saw... He says, uh, uh, I, I saw in the night visions, behold, one like the Son of Man. And then it says, verse 14, there was given unto him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all, all people, nations, languages should serve him, his dominions and everlasting dominion. Mary, Mary saw the kingly power of the Lord because the angel told her. 
The angel told her in, in Luke 1.32, Luke 1.32, when the angel said, he shall be great, and then he, in verse 33, he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. So this is the kingly power of the Lord Jesus that Jacob is seeing here. And it's, and it's, and it's a courageous power. It's a courageous power, just like the lioness. She, she's courageous when she defends her cubs. And this courageous power we see in the Lord Jesus when he, he confronts the devil to rescue us in Colossians 1.13, Colossians 1.13, where it says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of his dear son. So what the Lord Jesus had to do to deliver us is he had to confront this, the power of darkness. That's courage. That's great courage. That's great courage. And, and, it's, and it says in, in Isaiah 49.25, Isaiah 49.25, thus saith the Lord, even the captains of the mighty shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. So the Lord Jesus confronts the devil to deliver us. We're the prey. He's the, the, the devil's a terrible one. And, and, and it took great courage for him to confront, confront that. And then it says in, in verse 9, when Jacob saw this lion, he sees the lion lying down. He's couching. He's taking a rest. And so Jacob now sees Jehovah Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah at rest. And that's what it says in Hebrews 10.12, Hebrews 10.12. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. This is what Jacob saw. Jacob saw all of this in verse 9. He saw the Lord Jesus after he threw his, his, his sacrificial death, then defeating the devil, and then he sits down at the right hand of God like a lion that's couching. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for what you showed, Jacob, and uh, then had recorded for us to know too. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a great lion. And uh, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your courage this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 